What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to another edition of the Cinephile Roundtable. I am your host, David. I am joined with the fellas today once again for Movie Files. Elliot, how you doing, bud? Doing good, man. Doing good. Excited to talk about some great stuff today, man. Yes, yes, yes. I know we're going to talk about uh, probably the best trailer that I've seen in like two years. Uh, and JC, welcome back. Happy to be here and talk about my all-time favorite movie. I can't I can't wait to talk about that. Uh today we're going to talk about the 30th anniversary of uh arguably the greatest action film of all time, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Uh before we get into that, let's get into some of the news of the week. First off, uh I am I I'm JC Elliot. I know you guys are into the festival stuff. Uh so Tiff announced some selections for their gala and special presentation for the upcoming uh, Toronto International Film Festival. I'm not going to go through all of them. I just wanted to highlight. Um, do we think? And I'll start off with JC on this. Will Clifford the Big Red Dog win Best Picture? Hey, anything is possible. It made it into the film festival, or it could be the Goldfish Festival. Yeah, I think. Uh, I I think they they do this. Tiff includes like kids films like this every I now and think, then yeah. yeah so i was ju- it was just funny to see them hyping it up on their social media i shared it with uh with jc off the line like now a toronto international film festival selection i just thought it was funny um the the movies i did want to talk on were dear van hansen will be opening the festival like i we i don't know if we were able to speak on the trailer i thought the trailer was fine i've seen the show um do you think this means anything at all jc i'll start with you on that um, was like, I know, like, you, you've mentioned to me a lot of it's like a lot of heavy shit. I mean, I think it'll probably be more like The Greatest Showman because I believe it's the same guys that did the music. So it could be a movie where it gets middle reviews, like 60%, I could say, in Rotten Tomatoes, 70 and then just like the soundtrack becomes a huge shit and it could, that could help it with the box office. Uh, Elliot, what do you think? I don't, yeah, I haven't really been following. What was I don't even what was the name of the film? Uh Dear Evan Hansen. Is that the um the the kid from the Lee Black, and uh, Which one? Ben Platt, the one from um Pitch Perfect. He played the like the little geeky friend with the with Oh, the, kid, the, with the, the uh, he's on that Ryan Murphy Netflix show, right? When he's like a yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that honestly man, I'm not into musicals, so I don't really follow the musical scene. Yeah. I know that uh the trailer was pretty interesting, the whole pretending to be the friend of the kid that killed himself and all that, but We'll see, man. I, I might check it out, but I'm not too like overly hyped uh, about the film. Yeah, it's very, it's a heavy film, so definitely yeah. not what uh, what many will expect. The film I did want to talk about that I shared with JC the first uh, picture, the Ben Foster film that's coming out. Uh, do you think this is it, JC, for him? Like I said, with Barry Levinson, like he is such hidden miss. Like he's actually been better with his TV movies the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. Like movie wise, he hasn't got a movie that really caused him the Oscar since Rag Dog in twenty four years ago. So, I mean, I would hope so. You know, working with the guy that won the Oscar for Rain Man, that maybe this is in yeah. a festival movie instead of being a BOD. 
Like, I know Ben Foster's going to kill it, but it all depends on the release date they get. So if they can get, like, a November, December date, it'll, have, it'll give you feedback. Yeah, this could be the one the movie that finally gets him the nomination that he deserved for Hell in High Water. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, it's been a while for Barry Levinson, but the first shot, the movie's called The Survivors, so first shot is great. And then the movies you guys both know, uh, Last Night in Soho, Dune, and uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye are going to be debuting at um at TIFF. I unfortunately, if I, I mean I if I do get press for uh, TIFF, I don't even know if I want to watch Dune after that trailer on a small screen. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Next bit of news, uh, I'm Elliot. I never asked. Are you are you a Kevin Smith fan at all? Um, I appreciate him. I don't really dive too heavily into his filmography just because he's a he's a very he's like the, the Zack Snyder of like small independent films to me, which is like very kind of hit or miss <laughs> in, in a sense. So that's, a, that's an I've excellent seen most of his comparison. Films, but I'm not like I'm not overly excited about Kevin Smith when I see his name on a on a you know IP or something. So that's my boy. I love Kevin Smith. Uh, yeah, he's he's the reason that this site exists. Just like inspiration through a through a a show that he did that just kind of got me through to set everything up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the news with him is that Clerks Three has been picked up by Lionsgate and will be pr- begin production soon. So the movie is actually based on his personal heart attack that he had back in 2018, 2017, 2018, and he's going to have one of the characters, Randall, uh, make a movie, want to make a movie about the Clerks, um, based of the events that he had a heart attack. So I'm actually looking forward to this a lot. Uh, JC, what are your thoughts? No, same here. Like, I've been excited for this one because ever since he announced the plot, I believe it was like two years ago. And it's, it's, it just excites me because, like, the whole meta thing of it, you know, like, like, you know, like me talking about we're into movies about making movies. So I love the whole concept. It's going to be fun to just see that. It's going to be pretty much like, uh, it's going to basically like second mirror make a porno, so they're not going to make a porno. And I really like the humor that he brings when you, about making it, um, being on set. It'll just I, I feel like he's better when he's making personal movies because you know me and you like reboot a lot because it was a very personal for me. It was like it was like basically his adventure end game for for the VSK universe. Agreed. Um. So we'll see what happens. I I I have high hopes for this one. Next, I think news... you were gonna go with something else with Kevin Smith. <laughs> oh, the Masters of the Universe. I was actually gonna save that for stuff that we watched. Um, and we'll get we'll, okay. we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, so. The next bit of news is kind of the first one that drew some controversy this week. Uh, Leslie Grace has been cast as Batgirl for the upcoming HBO Max mm. Batgirl film. So I, I'm i a big Zoe Deutsch fan, and I was like rooting hard for her. But then after she was announced and I really thought about it, if this is connected to the Batman, the casting actually makes perfect sense. Uh, but Elliot, I'll start off with you on this. What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, that's kind of the same mindset I was at when I saw that they cast her. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. That makes sense for Jeffrey Wright's connection there. But even if it doesn't, I mean, I think she's, uh, you know, just based on in the heights and just seeing her screen presence, charisma. I think she definitely has that um, charisma to her to be a, a superhero and being, you know, I think she's mid 25, 26. So she has that longevity to play the role. Um, but DC, man, they're, they're definitely doing doing something as far as diversity goes compared to, you know, Marvel as far as jumping on the the bandwagon to kind of open up the floodgates to giving people of, of color more opportunities to play these superheroes, whether you look at this role, Supergirl, um, you know, all the diversity we got in the, in the Suicide Squad coming up and, and all the announcements we have with uh, uh, Blue Beetle and um, Static Shock. So they're definitely, uh, you know, 
making their films uh, a reality of what we see in the world, which is, you know, people of color doing awesome stuff. So I'm excited for it, man. It's just only thing that gets me a little confused is just like the whole HBO Max angle of these uh, bigger, uh, you know, this 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 character that we've never well, we've seen in, in uh, Alicia Silverstone. But the character doesn't really have that much opportunity to have the big screen opportunity that have her on the small screen is a little bit disappointing. But, hey, small steps uh, to hopefully get her on the big screen. So for sure. We'll JC, what do you think? Um, I'm with Elliot, too. It's, like, very surprising, but I feel like they don't want to, like, take their, I guess they don't feel like the gamble is, like, worth it, so they want to, like, test the waters with, like, HBO Max or some of these films. Probably, those are probably the ones that they feel that might not even make a dent in the box office. And, like, I'm with you guys. Like, I, I wanted Zoe, but I'm cool with the Grace, especially if they connected to Jeffrey Wright. It's, like, it makes perfect sense, but I have read something where they said that, uh, the Mary Batman movies were going to be part of the DCEU at all. Interesting. So like, that has me a little, yeah, that has me a little curious. I'm like, when I read that, I'm like, oh, I mean, that's what I feel like, at least his character might, remember, we're going to dive into the multiverse of these movies, so there might be a way that there's a version of Jeffrey Wright that's her dad, maybe. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see what happens with that. And then the last two bits of news, uh, the last, the next bit of controversy on social media this week was uh, Michael B. Jordan is developing a Superman project for HBO Max. Uh, I'm hyped for this. I don't know why people would actually complain about this. I'm fully on, tra- on the train for this. Uh, you know why they complain. Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to be uh, PC <laughs> here. Uh, Elliot, what do you think about the news? Yeah, so I'll just start off by saying I'm not the world's biggest like Superman fan. I never grew up like a big Superman fan. I've always been, you know, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, well, more so than this. Superman. Yeah. So I, to me, it's just like oh, Superman, cool. But my thing is with uh, and and you, as you all know, I'm a big Henry Cavill Superman fan. Uh, and hopefully, you know, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Which <laughs> every day goes by, it's just less <laughs> less chance of that. But that that's kind of brings me to my point. If they can't, and this is, you know, just to kind of put the, the the race card in there, if they can't even get a, in my opinion, a, a white Superman right, the optimism as far as getting a black Superman uh, for the first time ever on screen is is very uphill climb, especially with the history of Warner Brothers and kind of how they uh, handle their IPs, especially their bigger IPs. I mean, Superman is obviously one of the most, if not the most iconic and most recognizable character in the world. So obviously it's going to come with controversy. But even putting that aside, I just think from a creative standpoint, they've yet to get uh, a a sequel to Henry Cavill. I don't even know how people have faith that they're going to do right by a character that, you know, was uh, was invented in 2009. uh, And and the lore that comes with that, I, I don't know, man. I'm just not as excited for it because again i don't think dc and wb in particularly know what to do if it doesn't have batman behind it i don't have a lot of faith in the other characters they adapt yeah i'm my only counter to that is that the first two swings they took at superman they hit a home run it's just they haven't really been able to do anything since so i'm with you on like their current perception of what they do with superman is not very high but the fact that they have gotten it right, and with the, the CW show, they seem to have gotten it right there. I think there's hope, but I do agree that on film, it's been almost 40 years since they've gotten it right. So I do see your point there. JC, what do you think? Well, I'm a little bit sure of both of you guys. Like, I like Michael B. Jordan, so if he is playing the role, it'll be cool. Because they've, they've, there's been like so many rumors about him playing Superman. You know, we just never knew it was this version in a way. You know, we always thought it was going to be Clark Kent and everything. 
you know, there's people that are like, we're kind of, I mean, I saw mostly positive when I posted it on my page because they were like, oh, they canceled that whole black card stuff that um, J.J. Abrams is doing. I'm like, no, both are still happening. And I'm like, and if one of them wasn't to happen, it'll probably be this one because I fear J.J. JJ has way more pull with DC and Warner Brothers than Michael B. Jordan does. You know, he's doing all these, he's doing like a new Constance thing. He's doing like Justice the Dark. So like if one was to happen, it's going to be the one that people hate. But I'm like, both are going to end up happening, especially since Michael B. Jordan one is an HBO. I don't know if it's HBO Max movie. Uh, to, like yeah, they both. didn't really they didn't really specify. They just said yeah. Project. Like I've seen some articles right like on my on my page. I wrote limited series because that's that's like when I was like seeing the article that I was looking at. That's what I said. But I feel like this is like less gamble for them, so it'll easily meet. It'll easily like come to be because if it's a yeah, HBO Max, they don't have to worry too much about box office. It's just viewership. Michael B. Jordan has a good fan base, so they'll watch. And then, like I said, the JJ one will probably happen because, like I said, he has a lot of porn DC right now. But I'm like, I'm okay with it. I'm not the biggest Superman fan. Like, like I said, we're all three of us are more Batman fans. But, you know, I'm like, he's, if he's done right, it could be something pretty cool. For sure. And then finally, um, I wanted to talk about the Dune trailer that dropped this week. I, I, I know a trailer works for me personally when I don't know anything really about the subtext of the book. And I feel like after this trailer, I kind of know what they're doing and what what's going to happen in this movie. So I understand the concepts a little bit more. Elliot, you're definitely more into the into the into Dune than we are. What did you think of the trailer? Yeah, man. Uh, this uh, so actually, I did like a 50 minute like trailer. Uh, I don't do like trailer reactions on my channel. Yeah, like yeah. I used to do, but I went you did like a, a 50 breakdown. minute like breakdown of it, which was just you know. It, I'm in awe, man. Like Denis Villeneuve, as you we've talked about it several. He's my favorite director. I don't think he's uh, had a, a miss yet in his career, and I think this is um, this film is going to really hopefully put him on a map for people to really kind. I think people know who he is, but I don't think the, the mass audience knows who he is. Uh, but I think this is going to really put him on a map. And and based on his trailer, man, I was a little bit worried about the box office, obviously with the HBO Max coming out in the same day thing. But I I think this movie is going to surprise a lot of people uh, financially speaking. Uh, that trailer was epic, man. That's how, and, and I normally get nervous when you see a three and a half, three, almost four minute trailer <laughs> and, and no one, I haven't read, I personally haven't read the book, but I've done like a lot of research on just kind of the, the broad strokes that we got in the 84 version, uh, by Dave Lynch was there. And, and that just goes to show you the lore, even that, that film is as wacky as it is as crazy and messy as that film is. You can still see, wow, if someone does this IP, right. This is everyone said a million times. It's Star Wars meets Game of Thrones uh, meets Lord of the Rings. And that trailer truly shows you the epic scale, the story of a father and a son and legacy and betrayal and, and facing your fears and the hero's journey. I mean, it literally has all of the stuff that we've come to love, which, again, Frank Herbert's book was a huge inspiration for a lot of stars, Star Wars, Star Trek and all the sci fi films that we come to love. So. Listen, man, I think Denis Villeneuve is the perfect guy to, to bring this uh, this this property to the IP. And, you know, they announced the TV show has been been uh, back on the on the uh, uh, the docket with the sisterhood. So, yeah, man, I'm ready for it, man. And Duncan, I tell you, Jason Momoa is going to steal that film, man. I think Jason Momoa will be one of the more standout characters. Duncan Idaho is, is a really great character. So, man, I, I'm really excited for it. Yeah. Before JC chimes in, um, I agree with you 100 percent. The best part about the trailer was the brilliance of warner Bros. sometimes you know like we talked about this last month like you got to give warner brothers credit sometimes they marketed this trailer beautifully you put your biggest stars in it you have zendaya all over this trailer i know 
Timothy Chalamet really hasn't done anything in the box office, but he's so popular now on social media on film Twitter. He's like so beloved, and you have Jason Momoa in the trailer. That will sell to casuals that will come in just to see them, not knowing anything about what the movie's about. Like the perfect comparison that I like to use is that um, Leo Le- Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant. That movie made forty million dollars opening bo- opening weekend, and I will tell you the majority of that are just fans of his. They don't even give a shit what the movie was about. And I think putting Zendaya, Timothy Chalamet, Jason Momoa out there in a trailer, you're going to have people that think it's completely something else and let them bitch about it after. Who gives a fuck? Because I know we're going to love it. And if the box office brings in a sequel, then, yeah, by all means, this trailer did everything in term- perfectly in terms of marketing. Uh, JC, what do you think? That's what you said when well, I mentioned, like, bitching about it. I feel they might actually go and think of something else and love it because, like, like with, with Blade Runner 2049, amazing movie. Didn't make much money because the people didn't, you know, like, just Blade is a niche property. Same as Dune. But when a lot of people caught it at home, they ended up loving it. So I feel like they're going to go in just like, oh, you know, I'm just going to sit because like, I'm a big Jason Momoa fan from, like, Game of Thrones and Aquaman. And they're just going to probably end up, like, being happy that they want to see an amazing movie that they weren't expecting. Like with Denise, with Denise is like we know it's gonna be a great movie. The only question that a lot of us have is, or at least wondering is, how much money it's gonna make. Like I have no doubt in my mind that this, that the quality of this movie is gonna be amazing. And like you mentioned in our conversation offline, Dave, this is probably gonna win all the below the line. Awards. Oh my like, God, yes, that score by the way. It's gonna be a score. How summer score? I can't even imagine with the with with those visuals. It's gonna be great. The production design, like just the fact that he. Actually wanted to shoot like not not on a green screen. I, I don't I don't know if it went to like Morocco where it won, but the shooting that stuff in locations gonna look it's gonna look amazing on on IMAX for me. Yeah, I with you. The only the only deterrence I wish he shot both of parts back to back so they were forced to oh, release the second that, one. You can't take that type of cat. Yeah, yeah, it's a big risk. It's that. a big risk. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I am very much looking forward to this. I cannot wait. I I would. I tested the trailer out on my wife yesterday, and I will soon be divorcing her. Um, because oh, she wasn't feeling it. No, she she's like I I I don't get the hype, and I'm like I hate you. Like I don't know. If, like we should stay married. <laughs> it's like, all right. You, you 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 could come with me and my gentile next day. Yeah. I, no, I'm I'm dragging her. She's coming with me. Like there's no there's <laughs> no way she's not coming with me. Like I. She's, she's probably gonna force something out of you. Like personally, she's gonna start going like um disclosure she's gonna go back start working in the office again in the city so once this movie comes out whether it's a whether it's a press screening or whether it's a regular screening she's coming with me i will not (laughs) she will be seeing this movie but uh yeah so that wraps up the news of the week uh let's get into some of the stuff we watched this week uh i saw a lot um yeah i did uh but there's a few of the highlights that i wanted to cover uh before we before the highlights Ellie, you haven't been in a while. We haven't talked Loki. Um, I just want to shout out your boy, Jonathan Majors. He is a superstar. I cannot wait to see all the different variations that we're going to get in the MCU. Um, And I did want to touch on something I saw online this week regarding Loki, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. It was meant in a very facetious, comical way. It's on a comedy podcast that I listen to. But they were comparing, uh, they were calling uh, Sylvia Karen. Uh, Do you see that in any aspect and I actually, when they explained it, it's like, oh shit, it actually makes sense. It, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take my liking of, of Sylvia away, but uh, mm-hmm. do you see that at, at, at all? Uh, Elliot, I'll start with you on that. 
It, I mean, I would love to know if, if it's not too long of a story. I would love to know like the yeah. context of yeah, what they I, meant by the can. Um, so but as far as not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, if you want, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna. I was so they said they looked at Sylvie, especially in the last episode, especially the mm-hmm. last two episodes, as the white woman that continuously complains in a store a black owned store to see the manager and will not leave the store until they see the manager hence jonathan major is the manager of the department store and she does not leave until he is either fired or arrested and that's that's you know they meant it like i said they meant it in a very comical way but i just just wanted to share that with you guys No, I mean, in a, like you said, in a comical way, that is kind of funny. But in in the context of the show, obviously, she was taken from you know her home as yeah, a little absolutely. kid, and it obviously has that that hatred there. And and that's kind of what I like about the character out of all the characters in that entire show. And honestly, characters just in the MCU, just looking at it as in the grand scheme of things, she's one of the few characters that stuck through her her mission. You know, whether it's good or bad, obviously it sets up the for fandom, it sets up the multiverse, but obviously for the concept of the show, it sets up, you know, a, a hellstorm with Kang coming. But as far as the show, I mean, that's what I liked about the character because one of the things I, I enjoyed Sylvie, but one of the things that as the show went on, she, like when we first met her, she was a badass. She was in the, the cloak. We didn't know who she was. She was killing people left and right. But as, you know, as Loki, she opened herself up more and that, that nature of that character kind of faded away until we went back to episode six and she accomplished exactly what she's been doing her whole life, which is to find the person that took took my life away. So no, I really enjoyed her. It'll be obviously interesting to see how they use her in the future, uh, whether it be in the appearance of a Doctor Strange 2 or, you know, whatever future film they might uh, implement her in. It might even be, you know, Ant-Man, uh, Quantumanium, since she was the one that killed, uh, you know, the variant of the He Who Remains. Uh, but no, man, I was, uh, I like Sylvie. And I'm interested to see a lot of people obviously compare her to, to Star-Lord as well, as far as his rash decision. Uh, and again, obviously we see this is what I love about superheroes. They make mistakes. Yep. Uh, the anti-heroes, good guys, bad guys. So I, I love that that Sylvie. Uh, and <laughs> this is just even a greater conversation about a Disney Plus show setting the stage for the multiverse for the films and Phase Four in general, which is just still kind of mind-bending to me. Uh, but yeah, man. Yeah, uh, JC, what do you think about that comparison? I heard you laugh before. No, it's pretty much the same as Ellie. Like I get it as a joking matter, but it is what it is with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, cool. So some of the stuff I watched this week, I wanted to touch on uh, <laughs> the uh, a movie that JC half recommended a few years, like maybe like a year and a half ago when we were talking about Cronenberg. Um, I saw the movie Crash. Uh, <laughs> oh man, Elliot, have you ever seen Crash? And I'm not talking and the 1996, not the Oscar winning Crash. No, it's just uh, um. No, so, oh man. So the movie. <laughs> Give it a go, Dave. All right, I'm going to try my best here. Uh, so Crash is a David Cronenberg directed film. It is essentially a movie about folks that are aroused by car crashes, and every time they they attempt to go see car crashes in order to get aroused, and then they have sex. Um, this is a real thing. I've actually looked it up. It is actually a fetish yeah, that remember, people like, have. To tell you that the Palm winner has deals a little bit with that. Yep. The movie has the it is one of the most sexual movies I have ever seen in my life. Um, but the movie really is like I highly recommend it just even once because it will really make you like, yo, like how did Cronenberg get away with an R rating in this movie is kind of the biggest takeaway for me. I think I think he fought it for when I've read my research on his work. 
I think he, I think like for, for, they gave him like an X for like a long time. He has to do a couple cuts. Yeah. I like, uh, and it has like, it's star studded. I mean, I, I think it's worth a watch, Elliot. If you really have seen other Cronenberg work, it's very, very, very interesting. Um, and JC, I want to let you know that I can officially say 1996 crash is better than 2005 crash. Whatever. <laughs> the other movie that JC recommended that I want to touch on um, is I saw the uh, A24 is a ghost story. Uh, Elliot, have you seen that? Yeah, the uh, uh, what's it, the the athlete. Yeah, so I mm-hmm. I did not. I want him. Yeah, that movie. It did like it kind of fucked me up. Um, like this whole year, and I think seeing it post, you know, we're not post COVID yet, but just like see, dealing with a lot of death on my end, and just um over the last few months, just like the idea of someone dying young and what the afterlife really is. It really, it, despite its very very slow pacing, the movie really hit me like emotionally, like wow, like what really does happen in the afterlife, and the, there's a and the twist at the end, just like oh man, that really really hit hard. Um, but I wanted to get into his latest film, which I can talk about, The Green Knight. Which um, it it has zero uh, box office um, uh, credibility. That movie's gonna make no money. It is absolutely. We a, never know. It is a methodical, cerebrally slow paced film. It has no action whatsoever. It is so haunting chilling the ending of the film reminds me a lot of la la land in the complete opposite way and when you guys see it you'll probably understand what i mean by that um but the, the did you set- get a screener for that Elliot? uh tuesday i believe okay i hope they give you a we got a, a cool green night book at the screening so mm-hmm. hopefully you get that as well but the, i i'm very curious to what you think about it when you see it i i it's one of my favorite films of the year after watching it but it's mm-hmm. not anything that what i expected um I also saw I saw this two weeks ago, but I didn't get to touch on it last week. I saw the documentary Val, uh, uh Val about Val Kilmer, which premiered at Cannes. Uh, I loved it. It's one of my favorite films of the year. Uh, I'm not, I can't say I'm overly huge on Val Kilmer, but I do like a lot of his films and just the deep dive exploration about his life and some of the roles that I'm not going to spoil here that he sent audition tapes for. Are, and you see those audition tapes in the documentary. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, I think you guys will really get a kick of that. I think it may be one of your favorite films of the year. Um, and then the two movies that I know Elliot saw. Um, <laughs> oh man, Snake Eyes and Old. And mm. I saw your review, Elliot, on on Old. I didn't catch your Snake Eyes review. Um, but I so I'll touch on quick on Snake Eyes, and I know JC saw it too. I don't know why this movie exists. I don't know why they chose him to be the starting point of the franchise again. I don't get it. Um, Henry Golding is, you know, he can be charismatic or whatever, but the character is extremely unlikable. The editing is very choppy. The uh, action sequences, I don't know if they shot that on their phone or some handheld shaky cam because I was not feeling that. Um, I just didn't like it at all. I think... The fact that they use that as a way to start the franchise again really, I think, is going to fail. And for the third time, we're not going to get a Cobra Commander in the G.I. Joe world, and that just really sucks. So, yeah. And then old, um, I saw it back in May, and I 
don't hate it. Like every I see, I mean, it's at fifty eight percent on RT. Um, I think it's more middle of the line. Uh, M Light M Night. I know you gave it two out of five. Um, Elliot. So you, I think I liked it more than you did. Uh, the dialogue is poor. The performances are poor. But some of the concepts that are in this movie, I actually did like. Uh, the body horror was really solid for me. Uh, the twist worked for me. But yeah, uh, that's. And I saw Masters of the Universe, which is getting destroyed by fanboys on on uh on social on Rotten Tomato audience score, which is like a twenty seven percent at this point. Uh, Elliot, <laughs> yeah. Uh, d- are you gonna watch it, or do you care if I spoil it, uh, Elliot? Mm-mm, no, I'm not. Yeah. So I'm they kill gonna... off He Man in the first episode. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, when David told me that, I was just like, and then I'm not really interested, but I already knew. And there was a specific one of my friends that he is, he's like 40, so he's like huge on all those 80s cartoons. I knew he was going to get mad, and I sent it to David. David just had a kick with it. Yeah, because let's be honest. Like, if you see the show, it is a very good show. I do enjoy the, it's only 20 minutes, so it's a very quick watch. Mm-hmm. They're going to bring him back. It's very obvious they're bringing him back. But the show has nothing to do with He Man in the first five it's episodes. Called Masters. It's not, I thought it was called He Man. No, that's right. That's a smart move. Yeah, that makes sense. But that's probably like a, a spoiler within itself. Yeah, that's kind of the because the original series was called He Man and the Masters of the Universe. So this exactly. is so yeah. So that's kind of where that's everything I saw this week. Elliot, any highlights you want to point out? Um, there, there's a, a this show wise, you know, there's a show on HBO I've been really enjoying recently, The White Lotus, which is kind of a, a satire comedy of uh, a bunch of like, elite like white. privileged white people on the island. It's just kind of really dry humor, but I really enjoy that so far. Been watching the revival, not the revival, but the spinoff of American Horror Stories, which has been trash. Uh, oh, really? Makes me, yeah, it's been really bad. It's like. It's I can they're going for a younger generation, but it's it's just really bad writing and like terrible acting. Uh, I'm still excited for a double feature later this year because all the the vets are coming back. But this spinoff has been the first three episodes have not been that good to me. Um, saw Pig last week, the Nicolas Cage film, which I really really yes. enjoyed. Uh, shout out to Nick Cage and uh, Alex Wolf. Um, I don't know if we talked about the Fear Street trilogy last month. I don't, I don't know if the part one was out yet, but I was no, I ha- it wasn't out. Okay. No, I was pretty satisfied with that as a whole. And just the, that experience of like three weeks of like a connective story. And, and I'm really impressed by Lee uh, Janek, the, the director. I thought that she really understands slashers. And I hope mm-hmm. that she gets the opportunity to kind of revive, uh, you know, Jason Voorhees maybe one day. Uh, oh, man, I hope. About, yeah, she would be fantastic. Uh, we talked about old. Yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan of the concepts. There were some, you know, seeing your kids grow up right in front of you and age and death and all that stuff. But this execute, it was like the happening all over for me again. Just the dialogue <gasps> oh, and the acting and just like the dry throwing in the comedy and the plot hole. I, I, I wasn't a fan of old Snake Eyes, though, on the other hand. I wasn't. I gave it a, a three out of five. I think it's like a perfect three out of five entertaining movie. Now, for me, though, I did just like he man. I did not grow up with G.I. Joe. So, like, to me. I had no connections to Snake Eyes. I actually liked the double cross, double double agent kind of thing that they were going on. I know, obviously, that, that would be like, for me, I guess, a Captain America being like a spy and not being charisma and charming. and Or not charisma, but being like trustworthy, I guess, would be the big thing that a lot of people were just like, how is he a hero? But I actually I enjoyed that aspect. And this is my first time being exposed to uh, Andrew Koji, 
uh, which, which a lot of people talk about Warrior, which I have to watch. Oh, but I, I was, was I really enjoyed his role, and, I, and it's actually funny. I, I, I thought that it would have been interesting if he was like actually reversed of the Snake Eyes story. And and, and Eagles Wise, whenever you put Eagles Wise in the film, it always it always catches my attention. I'm a big Eagles Wise fan, uh, even though he wasn't in it that much, but. No, I, I enjoyed it, man, for what it was worth. Uh, but I know, like I said, for the, the diehard fans, they, they felt, felt pretty portrayed. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I'm not really a big G.I. Joe fan, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I just, I, I, you know what's funny? And I, and I will fully admit this. And I think JC may, if he didn't see it, he may admit this. I was just so fucking tired of seeing that damn trailer every week. <laughs> And oh that's another God. thing. I stayed away from the marketing. I did not really catch a lot of the marketing. So a lot of stuff to me was just like catching it for the first time. Um, oh so, God. yeah, it's just like I went in kind of cold. And, and like I said, it was just a, I was actually invested in the story, man. I like the whole uh, the clan and all that stuff. But neither here nor there. And then last, last but not least, uh, episode one of uh, Tat Lasso premiere. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. One of my favorite shows. So, yeah. JC, what do you got? Actually, have, we haven't seen um... – Snake Eyes, like, my cat is today. But, like, with that, it's not, like, it wasn't that, that we would, like, I wasn't, like, I was tired of, like, seeing all the footage. Cause honestly, like, I watch the trailer and I, I forget a lot of what, what, what I see. Cause I, I don't like to remember too much. So I can go in with a fresh thing. But it was like, cause I go to the movies, like, two, three times a week. And it was, like, literally in front of every single freaking movie. Like, I would just start using my phone until when the, when the trailer played. Cause I was so tired of watching it. <laughs> and, um, okay. So, like, my highlights is, um, I actually saw the Anthony Bourdain documentary Roadrunner, which mm. is probably the best documentary I've seen all year. I missed um, that. I'm, I'm, I missed that during uh, Tribeca, and I was mad I missed it. No, yeah, it's really, really good shit. Um, I'm not big on the guy, like, you no, know, like, like, you know, he was all over. The, I would, I would see like when he would be traveling the world and those shows he did, but I really didn't know much about the man. And the documentary does a great, like, it dives into like. Right when he threw out that book, it's a confidential, which kind of blew him up into the mainstream. So it goes like from there until you know his sadly, he sadly took his life away, and it was like just like I like the fact that they got a lot of people that were very like a part of his life, his crew, cinematographer, like even the smallest details, the people that worked with him on the show. And like you know, you know, we've all lost people that are really close to us, and you know, it hurts. But it's like losing somebody in that way, like that. Like that command, like I almost like I was a cry when watching it because it was like it was really sad. Um, I also saw Joe Bell, the Mark Wahlberg one about. Is that the is that the the, um is that the Mark Wahlberg biopic? (laughs) Well, yeah, but it's a biopic movie. Plays on the guy that he goes on the road after like um. Oh, you know what I mean. You know exactly what I mean. (laughs) No, I mean like like I said in my review, I gave it three out of five. Like. It is a movie that has its heart in the right place, but that doesn't always mean it's a good, it's a great movie. You know, like I get the message it was trying to say, and I appreciate it because I do have family and friends that are part of the LGBT community, and I know it's not easy, and I know, and I do know they get bullied. So, like you know, like yeah, like I said, it has its heart in a good place, but it wasn't a great movie, which is very melodramatic. And then I know it actually, me and Elliot are big fans of Monsters and Men. It has the same director. And it's just like, I'm like, damn, you know, like, I love Monsters and Men, and this is such a step down for him, but hopefully he comes back strong later this year with King Richard, the, the movie about um, well, Serena, Serena's dad. dad. Yeah. yeah, he's he's doing that, so hopefully he bounces back. I mean, yeah, none of the biopic, but, like, I feel like this might be more of a crowd piece or, like, some stuff, so hopefully it's better. And I saw pretty much every single M. Night Shyamalan movie except Late in the Water, After Earth, and The Last Airbender, because I will never see those movies again. 
to prepare for old, which I liked a little bit more than my man Elliot. <laughs> um, it's like I said, like same as Dave, like it's middle tier, and I like. I'm not gonna say I'm the biggest fan of M. Shyamalan, but I respect that in a time where we get so many remakes and sequels, regardless of quality, the guy at least gives his original movies, which I appreciate. Yeah, I'm I, I'm with you. Like I. I rewatched. I want to rewatch some other stuff this week because I haven't seen you know, Six Sense in like twenty years. So I'm going to give that a shot this week. So, um, but I rewatched The Village this week, and I didn't really mention it before, but like I hated it. I hated every aspect of that movie. So I actually put this at like number six out of all his stuff because I, I, I know you, you were big on Glass, right, Elliot? Um, I would say I was kind of, I was fine with it. It, it didn't, you know, for. Uh, so interesting for a film I, I enjoyed it but as like when you look at it as a whole with the whole trilogy the thing trilogy. it wasn't all that satisfying but i love split though that's my yeah that's i i fucking love split i'm with you I'm on that unbreakable as the best oh oh that's tough they're so good though they're both so good no um, yeah like like they're both right there like i put this unbreakable just a bit more because it just like you said it's basically like, what if Superman, like, basically, that's, this is how Tarantino in an interview, because he loves it. And that's what he called him, Shamlama Ding Dong, and everybody's been using it for, like, 20 years already. But he said, like, the marketing, they try to make it seem like it was a supernatural movie. You know, they were trying to bank off the success, though, which I get it in a marketing way. But, like, he said it, like, if if they had this marketing this movie, like, oh, what if Superman was on Earth and he didn't know he was Superman? Like, that would have hooked a lot of comic book fans. Especially in 2000, when we were doing... What we really had was just Blade, and I, I believe that this came out before X Men or like a month after X Men. Mm-hmm. Like it could, it could have done because a lot of people went into that. I remember like the cinema score for us, like C plus because people probably went into a supernatural movie and came pretty much like were like at the section of like a, of, a, of a hero origin movie. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that wraps up what we watched, and um, let's get to it, guys. This is the thirtieth anniversary of one of the greatest action films of all time. Uh. Duh. I'm going to guarantee that probably everything I say here, uh, JC already knows. So, uh, JC, uh, if you, you can, uh, tell me everything that you knew that I, that I fucking say right now. So, nah, nah, I'm not going to be too much right now. I don't want to sound like a know it all. Alrighty. So, production of the film. So, talk of the potential sequel pretty much started right after the release of the original Terminator, which something I love about Terminator 1 and 2 is, and is I feel like this has the alien alien strategy. I feel Terminator 1 is a more of a horror film, and then Terminator 2 is like a full fledged action film similar to, to aliens. Um, but the reason that the sequel did not happen immediately was because of, uh, the technology wasn't there yet. So, after, 1989's The Abyss. Uh, James Cameron saw that and saw that I think we're here. I think we're ready to make this movie. Uh, but there was a problem with the intellectual property between uh, Cameron and the Hemdale Film Corporation, who owned 50% of the rights to the franchise. So they were able to negotiate a way for them to get the rights to make the film, which started production in 1990. In terms of the box office, it cost... $102 million, and they made $520 million at the box office. At the Oscars, it was nominated for cinematography, film editing, makeup, sound, sound effects, editing, visual effects. Did you, JC, I'll start off with you because it's your favorite movie of all time. Do you think it should have gotten a Best Picture nomination? I mean, it is to me, is is the second best movie of that year after Signs of the Lambs. But, you know, like, you know, an action movie like that was never. 
like yeah, we get Mad Mad Max, but I feel like like in this years in this academy maybe, but in that and that and that era, no no chance in hell. I'm just glad it, it dominated the build the lines. I guess it should have. What about um the best actors? Do you think Linda Hamilton should have gotten in? Seeing as that it ha- seeing as that it had already happened, and I I have the nominees here for oh, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Sigourney Weaver yeah, for well, Aliens. With Sigourney. Yeah, for so, sure, sure, I'm, so, I'm, I remember, I'm seeing Sarah O'Connor when it comes to the super former, so yeah, I so, feel like her arc was great. So the actress the actress was the winner, Jodie Foster, Gina Davis for Thelma and Louise, Laura Dern for Rambling, Rambling Rose, Bette Midler for The Boys, and Susan Sarandon for Thelma and Louise. You could have taken out Rambling Rose. That, that's m- where I, I was. Well, I don't like, yeah, because like, well, I don't like for The Boys, Bette Midler is amazing in that movie. Um, and then first time you watched it, Ellie, I'll, I'll start with you on this one. What is the first time you saw Terminator 2 Judgment Day? Oh, uh, it, it was when I was younger. In uh, Man, this is probably 99 or 2000 maybe. Uh, but obviously at that age, I was only nine, ten. It wasn't, you know, it didn't impact and wasn't as impactful as it is now. But it was, it was probably late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, and I just remember... The, the thing that really stu- stood out to me uh, was the the villain of the film. Uh, that really was yep. like something I always remember just being like so afraid of like well, being afraid of cops just being <laughs> being black, but also just being afraid of cops from uh, that that particular portrayal of the, that character and what he you know wearing the cop suit the whole authoritative figure that whole time in the film was always that something that was like how do you beat this thing yeah uh, but yeah it was like ninety nine two thousand when I first saw it and it's funny um that you mentioned the Cops. This, I believe, is the first film that portrays a police officer, someone dressed in a police outfit, as a bad guy. Mm. So I think the year after this, they released that movie Colors, where they're tr- uh, who was in that? Um, JC, I know you you see that oh, shot. Sean- yeah, I think oh, it was. That was, that was- that was before. That was in the eighty, like eighty-seven, eighty. You sure? I could have sworn it was nineteen ninety. It was like nineteen ninety-two or something. No, 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 no like eighty-seven or eighty-eight. Oh, okay, okay. So my 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 bad on that. So yeah, this is yeah, definitely no, that, that was just more crooked. Like this is just a straight up villain, though. Yeah, and then it's ironic the same year that Boys in the Hood comes out. So exactly. it changed the perception of like police officers and films. Um, age. Now let's get to some of what what's age best, JC. Actually, no. What before you get to age best? When was the first time you saw Terminator? Because it's your favorite film of all um, time. So I'll let you. I'll let you I'll, have the floor for like ten minutes. <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna go on it. Um, I'll say about like ninety four, ninety five. Like I, like I said, like I've said many times on my page and all here. Like I was watching a lot of movies I shouldn't have watched as young as I was. I was not, I was born ninety two. So first I watched Terminator. Like I was like I was like you know, like I said probably ninety five. I was I was about three, three like four, going on four. It was on my my brother had it on VHS. Like we, I would watch this. I probably sure there's been days in my life when I was younger that I watched Terminator twice in one day because it was just like a movie that was on repeat. I believe we even had to get a tape because we saw it so much that we messed it up. You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure the young listeners don't remember VHS tape, but they used to, you wore them out eventually. <laughs> um, no, but it was just, I was always just been amazed by it. And it's like to me, like Arnold Schwarzenegger was my favorite actor growing up. Remember when you're a little kid, you're not thinking like that thespian stuff, like Dustin Hoffman, like that. You know, like I'm an action junkie, like Elliot, like you know, like as a four year old kid, like you know, seeing explosions, 
just straight up shooting and all that stuff. Like it's just it just blew my mind as a kid. And I just thought Arnold Schwarzenegger as the good Terminator was just like the coolest thing in the world to me. And like that did the T one thousand scared the shit out of me. You know, it's like it's like the thing to me is so scary. It's like the beginning when the when he's chasing John Connor in the beginning. It's like John Connor's in a, is in a freaking bicycle, and this dude's like literally catching up just on him on feet. He didn't even need his top car. So as a little, like as a four year old, I was just blown away by it. And it's just been, it's been my favorite movie. I can't even comment because I've seen it. It's probably the movie I saw the most in the nineties besides Toy Story. Yeah, so I don't want to say too much so we can keep talking. Yeah, no, the uh, the funny thing is, and I'm sure you both share the same sentiments, I I first saw Terminator 2, I actually didn't see the first one first, so when I found out, I always thought Arnold was the good guy, so seeing yeah, that Terminator 1, first. yeah, when seeing Terminator 1, and I'm like, oh shit, he's the bad guy, so this whole good guy, bad guy switch was a was a twist, I mean, that that was brilliant filmmaking. Uh, Have you, you seen ha- the teaser trailer for that, Dave? No, they don't spoil it, do they? No, the the first teaser is really just like them building a Terminator, and then you just see Arnold, like you know, funny kid has it has to be. So like you you just thought it was just gonna be like one, like he was just gonna be like resurrected and try to you know kill again. But they did kind of spoil it in the second one. But to me, that they could have like done a little bit with that trailer, where they just where it could have just been like they. It was like, oh, now it's two Terminators after John Connor. But whatever, you know, they probably wanted to sell that Arnold was a good guy. Because by 1991, he had become, like, an action hero. But when the first one came out, he had was Conan the Barbarian. Yep. So it kind of makes sense that they wanted to market that he was the good guy this time around. Uh, Elliot, what about you? Did you know he was the good guy going – were you surprised he was the bad guy in the first one? Yeah, like, just like you guys. Yeah, T2 was my first experience in Terminator. So, yeah, going back and, and seeing that is, you know, genius kind of writing and, 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 you know, switching the genre or switching the character up and turning this on his head. So, yeah, it was um, I when I first saw it, I, I knew Arnold, like you guys just mentioned, of being the, the action guy. The uh, was the um, the last action hero and all yes, that. Yes, love and, that. Uh, kindergarten cop and all that so i'm like yeah of course arnold's a good guy so going back and watching the first one is a bad one it's like wow that's that's really really interesting stuff to kind of switch that up but i mean now it's so funny we see anti-hero all across media now so it's you know a norm thing to root for your villains mm-hmm. per se but no it was it was definitely interesting to see going back and, and watching in reverse for sure um age the best jace oh go ahead jace do you know who was supposed to be casted as terminator in the first one i do yes I oh, don't know. Go ahead. OJ oh, Simpson. And oh, wow. That makes sense. James Cameron, James Cameron said no because he was something about, like, there's no way that he's believable as a killer. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's kind of like, like, yo, that is hilarious to me. He's probably, probably not hilarious that she got killed, but it's like, oh, you had no idea how dark the juice could go. Ironically, <laughs> the, ironically he, he, he committed those murders 10 years later. Exactly. Cameron's probably like, damn, I should have cast him. Yeah. Nah, hell no. <laughs> All right, JC, you're gonna kick it off. What's H best for you? Um, the VFX, like 30 years later, is is better than a lot of the v- VFX that we see now. Cause like, like you know, like we all critique movies, and a lot of stuff we tend to have is like how the CGI in certain movies aren't that good. And it's crazy that a movie that came out 30 years ago, CGI is flawless to me still. And I mean, I, I want it on 4K, but I haven't seen it. But I can't even imagine how great the VFX looks in 4K. I I am going to uh, step in here and say that the 4K, it's gonna, it's not that great. 
because James oh, Cameron did it, it. He didn't oversee it. So that's that's why it's so cheap because he didn't yeah, oversee too busy it. busy making these Avatar sequels yeah. that never going to come out. Apparently, he hasn't overseen any of the 4K transfers. That's why we haven't gotten any of his movies switched over to 4K. Action. Yeah. Any anything else or, or just that? Oh no, that's just like what always stands out to me as age best with it. And it's also like, oh man, we wanted to like basically also like female badasses because like mm-hmm. we've seen we've seen like you know especially with um Charlie Stern with Furiosa and Atomic Blonde like I feel like that's age good because like back then it was before her was really just Ripley, but now we see a lot of like like just we just um Gunpowder Milkshake up like, the whole team of downwards ex women that were kicking ass. Yep. Uh Elliot, what about you? What's age best for you with Terminator? Honestly, man, it's the um the narrative, man, and just the relationships in the film. Uh you know, the whole turn the machine into humanity and tr- and then the reverse on Sarah Sarah Connor trusting the machines and and the whole you don't really see this in action films, you know, the a uh, a uh, mother son relationship in action films always the son or the you know dad and the dad and yeah so we never really see that in the action movie so that that story kind of stood out to me and when he tells john you know i love you john i've always had when she was about to kill uh dyson is something i always love but yeah that that narrative and also just kind of the iron giant elements of uh you know john and uh arnold's character of you know heads uh you know the high five and asa la vista and teach him how to talk and not to kill people and that that relationship too was always fun to me um and also too just the just like the pacing of the film right it, it is it's a big action movie no doubt but there's moments where you sit down with the characters you have moments with sarah you have moments with you know uh john and obviously the terminator so i love those like more quieter moments that sets the stage and, and makes stakes that's something we don't really get in action movies you know i, re- I literally rewatched it um, I, I normally rewatch it once a year, but I rewatched it last night on Netflix, and it just still it, it just amazes me at just like how much stakes was in the film, and like literally you didn't know any at any point Sarah could have died, John could have died multiple times early in the film, John could have died, right? It's just like you, you never know what's going to happen with these characters, even though I watched it a million times. So I just love how much the, the stakes are still there in the film, and again we touched our uh, on already, and something always sticks with me is um, the villain man. He was a, a you know he was unstoppable he was literally just like in the film whenever he was on screen you felt that presence of the villain you felt like he was an actual villain you felt like the the heroes were uh on the verge of you know dying whenever they came across him so this is a lot of stuff that stands through and also just (laughs) yes i love that scene love that scene (laughs) he killed that this is great to see him and uh you know always yeah always the, the Beacon of creating uh, <laughs> machines, but no, it, it, it holds up, all of it, man. For sure. Uh, for me, I follow suit on you guys and what you said. I do also have uh, the score of the film is fantastic. That, that No one really talks about how good that score is. Um, the use of bad to the bone, I don't think it's ever been used as good as it is in this movie when Arnold is, when you first see Arnold at the bar. Um, you mentioned it before, JC, the concept of just female action stars as a whole. Uh, that's aged really well. Um, you guys didn't mention it, but Arnold explaining Skynet, I really like that scene because it reminds me of today's society as a whole and how uh, we basically are living in Skynet and how the machines become self-aware and everything. I mean, we're getting to that point. We're not like we should have learned our lesson from James Cameron and we didn't learn anything. You're gonna see that stuff that was like the that that shit is happening in the Tokyo Olympics. 
how they had that robust shooting three uh, half court three pointers. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, was like, <laughs> they, they maybe they could help Team USA since they lost again today. So um, yeah, was like France, right? Yeah, they lost to France by like seven. <laughs> um, and then so the four all over again. You guys didn't mention this, but I did want to touch on the moment at the end when he's like, "I know now why you cry." But it's not something I could ever do. I really like that scene. It's so super emotional. Um, and then age worse. Not much here. This movie is almost perfect. Um, but I did have three things here I wanted to touch on. Because of, because of Blu-ray, the stunt doubles are so noticeable in a lot of the scenes. Um, when you, the scene that I wanted to touch on was the one after the Galleria where Arnold's on the bike and he's jumping. You can see that you it's, yeah, see, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's not the movie's fault. It's just stunt yeah. doubles. Um, <laughs> the also, the, the other thing, uh, what's age worse malls. I don't think malls are really popular anymore. Uh, we don't have that many here in Jersey. Um, also Linda Hamilton's voice. Uh, if you hear her in, in T1 and, um, you hear her in T two. It looks like she uh, spent seven years smoking, chain smoking for uh, all day. Um, and I, I gotta say this. I don't know if you guys think highly of him. I gotta give an age worse for Ed uh, Furlong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he, I think he's in. She has really strong moments, and you touched on it, uh, Elliot. And then I mentioned before with I know not why you cry, but there's a lot of moments in the movie that you're like, yo, like. Leo's on growing pains right now. Can you imagine Leo DiCaprio in this movie? Mm. Like that's kind of what my thinking was. But outside of that, this movie's pretty well, perfect. This is his first movie, can't really. Yeah, he's pretty perfect. Uh, the movie's pretty perfect for the most part. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything, Elliot? On a- anything age worse for you? The the fur line going on that the 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 fur line the, the scream John screamed throughout the film I don't know what it was like ah, I can't even <laughs> imitate it whenever he would no nah, like I can't even do it I don't even want to do it but like it, his scream throughout the film was very kind of funny to me uh what else was there um the, you mentioned a little bit of the stunt devils yeah it was very obvious that yeah this, this isn't Arnold on a bike this isn't you know obviously Arnold getting shot in the face by a bunch of fake bullets uh and the the uh when they're getting the the chip in the arm. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything else that I, no, nothing I can really think of. Uh, yeah, this one's hard. I think, yeah, man. I think, uh, like you said, it, it's such a perfect film. I'm just trying to, I guess, nitpick at this point. Um, maybe a, a few more, maybe one more scene or maybe one scene in particular where Sarah is like, obviously the, the, uh, PTSD of running into, mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger once again, like I, I don't say it was an easy transition for her, for him, for her to trust him right away because obviously they were under. She was chasing, and John told her to trust him. But I wish there would have been that that moment where she was like maybe a, like attacked him or maybe really wanted to make sure that he wasn't an you know you know sent here to, to kill John. Maybe just one scene of them like really sitting in that of her like coming to face the guy that tried to kill her and her, uh, you know, her lover Reese, you know, in the first film. So I wish we would have got maybe spent a little bit more time of her, like convincing her to really trust him. JC, you have no qualms with this movie, right? I know. Cause it is a perfect movie. I, I, I had a feeling. Movie. <laughs> I, I, I was so like, like, I was thinking all week when I was prep, I was thinking when I was prepping for this, I'm like, nah, this, this dude's not going to have anything wrong with this movie, <laughs> but no, I feel like I said, you. That's like, how I feel with the Godfather. So I totally get you. Exactly. Um, all right, cool. So, uh, JC Joe Spinell Award. Who is that guy in this movie? Remember, I'm like a walking man, so I do know everything, all the guys. But 
I have, as much, even though I've seen him in so many other stuff, is um Joe Morton. Interesting. Like, yeah, because to me, it's like he's always just like dies. So like Ellie was making fun of his death. Like, <laughs> like I don't care what I've seen him in. That's who. I, that's just how I picture him in this movie. Uh, Elliot, do you have anything for here? And what was this award? Which that was that, guy. that guy. Like, so perfect example. The way to explain it is like, if you, you see, you see him again, you only think of that character. Exactly. Or that movie. Yeah. yeah it's, exactly. For me, it's. I know uh, what you guys are gonna say. Well, for me, it's Patrick, Robert Patrick. Uh, Robert Patrick. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, he was in. You know, I think he was in one of the uh, from Dust of Dawn sequels. He was obviously yeah, me, replaced like X Files. X Files. Yeah, I know he replaced in X Files. Uh, I think he was recently in, in in Walking Dead for a little bit. But yeah, I, no disrespect to him. I think he's you know he's had a really good career. I think he was in Sopranos and a bunch mm-hmm. of other Sons of Anarchy. But yeah, I mean, this he's he'll always be. <laughs> so for so for me, uh, I went with the guy that Errol Bowen who plays Doctor Silverman because I didn't even know who his name was until I looked it up. I always thought that was just Doctor Silverman. Anytime I ever saw him in like on TV shows, that's I'm like, oh, that's Doctor Silverman. I didn't even know who his name, what his name was. So I went with that. Is that a trip? Did he surprise his role in one of the the sequels? He's in part yeah, one I and two, was... and I think he's in uh, another one, right, JC? I think I thought it was Rising of the Machine. I think this so was yeah, like a further one. Was he in a further scene? I couldn't remember. I think I think you are right. I think he is in Rising of the Machines. Um, and I try, then I try to I try to erase those sequels from my mind. Oh, well, <laughs> well, you're not gonna because we're gonna talk about him in a few in like five minutes. Um, yeah. uh, Detlef Shrimp, sixth man of the film award, the best supporting player. I I personally went with Robert Patrick here. I think he was yeah, fantastic here. Uh, Elia, you too, or do you have someone else here? Yeah, no, it goes. Yeah. All right, uh, Becky O'Shea, iSpots, MVP of the film. Uh, I went with Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger here. J- JC, who do you have? We have a tie, so I can't. They're both equally impressive to me. Yeah, I, it's the same. Uh, Elliot, what about you? It, to me, it's clearly uh, Linda. Yeah. Just, and not just from an individual film, but just like you mentioned earlier, David, the, the transition from seeing her as kind of the timid, scared, uh, final girl in the first one, then moving on to her being the 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 hero and the the, the badass character that she is, uh, to me was just like night and day in regards to great performance of the first. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying just seeing that transition of the character was fantastic. For sure. All right, Peaks and Valley. <clears throat> this is essentially who peaked at Terminator Two and who had the best career after Terminator Two. I have I have three. Yeah. Wait. Do I? No. I have four here, and I wanted to see what you guys think. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is my is ha, is peaked here. I don't think he ever ever made a movie this good again. I don't think he ever was as big a star as he was at this moment in 1991. Uh, JC, you can tear me to pieces on this. No, I remember I told you when we were talking about. It, I'm like, because I knew when you say you oh, like, oh you're gonna hate my peak. I'm like I knew right away that it was Arnold. And like I said, I agree. Like I love Last Action Hero. I like Batman a lot, but. Like, after this movie, he really did never have, like, a movie that was to this height. Like, Last Action Hero Bomb, Junior's the worst movie he's ever done. He raised first what it is. Batman and Robin destroyed the whole franchise. The sixth, end the of sixth day. The end of days, collateral damage. Like I said, that's my man, but I respect him. You said he peaked at this thing because he pretty much did peak. That was, like, no matter what, like, he's Terminator, but T2 is, like, when you think of Arnold as a Terminator, this, that's what I think of. Yeah. Him, um, him pulling up to, to the, with a shotgun in, in, in the hallway. 
Uh, Elliot, do you agree with Arnold or am I going crazy here? <laughs> no, the only thing, yeah, man, I think I'm just, I'm trying to think of Arnold's filmography after that. The only thing I really, I guess, that I, I really enjoy is True Lies. His, you know, yeah, that's about it. With, uh, oh, yeah. James Cameron. Yeah, yeah. Um, but after that, yeah, it was just like a bunch of, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? Jingle all the way, man. I'll get some love. <laughs> I do way. like Jingle all the way. I do. Um, but, I mean, obviously, we're talking about comparing those roles and those characters to, you know, Terminator is obviously hard to, to come. And, and then, obviously, he's been back in the franchise a couple more times. Yeah. And he never really hit. So, Ironically, the other mm. the other two are the star, other two stars. Linda Hamilton peaked here. Uh, mm-hmm. Edward Furlong sure. peaked here. And I'm going to throw this uh, out there, guys. Uh, Insane Asylums peaked in 1991. You had uh, Terminator 2. <laughs> And you had Silence of the I mean, and Silence of the Lambs. I mean, I th- I don't think you ever have a better movie year with Insane Asylums than uh, 1991. <laughs> well, uh, if ben Affleck would have directed the Batman. We might have had some more. Oh yeah, with Arkham. <laughs> Arkham, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's what he was going with. What about for you, JC? Who who's your peak here? For for long, like yeah, he was in American History X, but when we think of American History X, we think of the curse stop, and we think of Edward Norton's performance. We don't really think much of him. Yeah. Except for the ending, so I, I mean, it sucks that you when you when you pick your first movie, but when your first movie is to some people arguably the greatest, to me the greatest action movie of all time, there's nothing but downhill after that. Uh, what about you, Elliot? Yeah, Furlon, and also unfortunately Linda. Yeah, um, and then Valley, who had the best career after this. Uh, this is easy because you kind of I cheat. If you win an Oscar, you win this award. So James Cameron, <laughs> uh, that's pretty much where I'm at there. Uh, what about you, JC? Well, you got mad at me because I told you I was going to tie. Mm-hmm. You're going to laugh at me with who I tied James Cameron with, but he's in the movie, so it counts. Who? But my man, Asex Schrader, Dean Norris, he was the SWAT man, leader. Man, shut the and, fuck up. He was, he was in it. He was the SWAT leader when, when Miles died. My man became Asex Schrader in arguably the second greatest drama of all time, The Sopranos. Uh, it counts, David. It counts. He's in the uh, fine, fine. I'll give it that to you. <laughs> Uh, what what about you, Elliot? Yeah, James Cameron. All right, cool. And then yeah. to fin and then to finish up here on Terminator, I have a few facts. And JC, you probably knew all of this, so I kept it at um, I didn't keep I didn't have that many. No, yeah. So production uh, number one production took su- sufficiently longer because Edward uh so long that Edward Furlong visibly aged during the shoot. He is clearly much younger in the scene in the desert, for example, than in other scenes. His voice also began to break through shooting. It got to the point that they had to uh, shoot him in a hole. They created a hole for him to stand in so he could appear short because he had a growth spurt during shooting of the film as well, which is crazy. Uh, That's going to happen to the Stranger Things kids. Like By the time we get season four, they're going to look like adults. I mean, they Mm -hmm. already do. Have you seen Caleb? Yeah, yeah, Caleb got a whole facial hair now and everything. Yeah. Um. Number two, this I definitely know you knew, JC. Linda Hamilton's twin sister, Leslie Hamilton, was her stunt double on the. Uh, I actually did not know that until last year. I always because you know the VFX and everything is so great in this movie. I just thought that he did create it too, Linda Ham- Linda Hamilton's. Uh, yeah. Honestly, so I did not know about that twin until last year. So the scene, uh, Elliot, perfect example is the scene where they have the where you see not August twenty seventh or August 29th, nineteen ninety seven. Mm-hmm. That's the, her, yeah. That's her sister. That's her sister. Yeah. yeah. I can uh, tell because she looked kind of like older. Um, according to director James Cameron, uh, Linda Hamilton suffered permanent <laughs> hearing loss in one of her ear, uh, uh, in one of her ears during the elevator shootout because she forgot to replace her earplugs. Mm. That sucks. 
Um, until nine, until nineteen, no, two thousand seven's Born Ultimatum and Mad Max Fury Road. This is the only sequel to win an Academy Award when the previous installment had no nominations. That's a good this one is I, something I wish, and I know you may guys dis, you may disagree, guys. So Michael Bean was actually the first choice to play the T one thousand. So it was supposed to be a complete reversal of the first one. Michael Bean is the villain, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is the the hero. I l- hear me out. Can you imagine the trauma like that Sarah Connor's character would have? Like she has to deal with the fact that the man she loves is now the guy that's trying to kill her and her son. No, mm-hmm. I, I think I think that would have been yeah, really really good. Yeah, but it would have felt more like it would have felt like his Evil Dead two just remaking the first part. Just with like a reversal. <clears throat> I guess you're right. I mean, I don't know. I actually like the idea. Uh, I mean, it would have worked for sure. It would have still worked because Michael Bean is an underrated actor. It is for me, it would have felt like a, a rehash, like Evil Dead 2. So there was also a possibility that this movie would have had a completely different narrative because the idea to destroy Cyberdyne systems was actually cut from the original release of the first film. I was going to mention that because watching it last night, I'm like, that wasn't even like the main objective, like to get to obviously stop uh, uh, Skynet. It was to, you know, protect John Connor. So I mm-hmm. wonder like what that would have looked like. Like what, they would have just inevitably died seven years later. Yeah. Just like, oh, they had, the doom's it, coming. We can't stop it would have been interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the movie was shot in eight months that I mentioned before, but the first one was only shot in six weeks, which is crazy. I mean, the budget was, wasn't it? It was like 500 something, right? I think it was a little bit over a million. It wasn't that much, though. So. Um, an alternate ending for this movie was filmed but cut. Do you know what that ending is, JC? I do not. So the the alternate ending had an elderly Sarah sitting at the park telling the story about the Terminator, watching John playing with his daughter and tying her granddaughter's shoes, revealing John Connor working as a congressman. I think this... Nah. So hear me out, guys. I think this would have been better. You know why? Because we would have never gotten another sequel in this garbage franchise ever again. <laughs> oh, they, they would have. They would have somehow happened. Yeah, they would have figured some time. Because like what happened in Dark Nonsense. Things. Yeah. Um. This is actually. He goes for a long. This is the first film to break three hundred million dollars at the international box office. Not shocked here. Um, the Arnold of Houston. So James Cameron cast Robert Patrick thanks to his role in a specific movie. Do you guys know what movie that is? I'm not gonna die hard too because that's the only one I could think that he did before this. Yeah, uh, it is die hard too. That's uh, yeah, it's like the only thing he. I know and I don't, I don't know how he uh would have cast him in that. I, I did I miss something in Die Hard Two, guys? He really doesn't do anything. Yeah, I don't really yeah. remember much of his character. Maybe but some, I, some I, cut I'm, scenes <laughs> on the cutting room floor that he saw. So maybe. Uh, Cameron was so ex- so impressed by Linda Hamilton's acting that he the one that campaigned for her to be nominated. Uh, for an Academy Award. Or are they going to say something else? No, that they were married? Yeah, I was like, he was so impressed with her that he decided, I have to marry her. They actually <laughs> divorced Captain Bigelow. You j- marry you her now. That was actually a few <clears throat> facts from now, because I'm almost done. But um, did you know that they started dating during the movie, but he was still going through his divorce with Cap- Catherine Bigelow during the movie as well? He's a Yo, scumbag. Cameron Cameron he is was a mar- straight up scumbag. Yeah, he was he was married to Linda Hamilton when he won the Oscars, and that he got with the lady that he's with now. Like I think around the same time, like he literally the dude just transitions from female to female without no breaks. You know he's you know he has a prenum for every single 
marriage. Oh, yeah. Marriages I mean, end up. freaking better because the money he makes for these movies. For sure. Uh, and then last couple, the Terminator is actually the only character to be listed in AFI's 100 Heroes and 100 yes. Villains. That's a that pretty one, dope one. Pretty dope nice. bag. Outside of Michael Bean, JC, you're the you're the T two guru here. Do you know who else James Cameron wanted to play the T one thousand? No. Billy Idol, the singer. Jesus Christ. But he was in a motorcycle accident which prevented him from taking the role, which is crazy. Kind and, of ironic too. And the other one, this one's for you, Elliot. There was someone else that was a- a- asked to play Miles Dyson. Do you happen to know who that is? Mm. In the nineties, not who I think you're gonna say, but Denzel or something. Yes, it is Denzel. All so right. he actually is quoted to tell James Cameron, "No offense to Jim Cameron, but when I read the script, I thought all he does is look scared and sweat. I had to pass." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had a damn Oscar ready. Yeah, yeah, that was like uh, the year yeah. at the go. But he really wasn't full on Denzel just yet. So I think no, they could yeah. they could have gotten away with. Uh, with doing it, I think. I mean, it would have been better than Heart Condition, that freaking ghost movie there with Bob <laughs> Yeah. And ironically, uh, D-Day, or Judgment Day, is uh, August 29, 1997. But in, re- in the real world, August 29, 1997 is the day that Netflix launched. Oh, wow. Well, oh, that's funny. Yeah. And then the, the last, last two questions for you guys. Um, franchise as a whole... What do you think? Oh yeah, I agree. As a whole, it's trash. What do you think is actually the third best one? If you if you're gun gun to the head, dark fate, dark fate. uh, Same for me. What about you, Elliot? Yeah, no, dark dark fate. Man, man, people, listen. I like dark fate for what it was. Uh, It was it perfect? No, you know, do we need Carl? No. Uh, But I actually that's talk about scores earlier. I really like the score of uh, dark fate, and uh, I like the opening. Like the first half of the film is pretty uh, exhilarating. They took a. they took uh, some risks with that first scene. That's probably what pissed oh, yeah. a lot of people off. Oh, and, man. Yeah. I remember yeah. Mike showing. There was one person walked out, <laughs> and then two people, like, literally, like, really ground, like, groaned. I was just like, I was, I rolled my eyes. I looked at my fiance. She kind of saw that I was mad. Because I was, because, I mean, I'm, I'm grandson. I knew that there was, he wasn't going to be in the movie long, because I'm like, Edda Furlong right now is, you know, not unhirable, pretty much. He's a mess. But I'm just like, really? Like this is this is literally like the way DC people shit and like hate like how Warner Brothers does stuff for like when it comes to the Snyderverse. This is like the biggest fuck you to Terminator fans. That's yeah. basically T two fans. I I totally agree, and I hope this franchise is completely dead. I don't no, yeah, that, come um, back with a what they should just do another series. The Sarah, uh, I love the Sarah, Sarah Connor. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Another, I don't know why they haven't done a series. Yeah, I I'm glad you guys mentioned it because I I thought I was probably the only one. Yeah, I like that show a lot. I was so pissed off that they canceled it after one season. And in my head, I'm like, yo, Fox. Did we get two seasons? No, it was one. It was after the first season. Unless I'm wrong, but I very, very. Yeah, because I haven't revisited it. I could have sworn it was more than one. I could have sworn it got two. If it did get two, then I must have don't remember much of the second one then but yeah, i i really like that first season so i thought they were going to keep it and fox doesn't fox has really a very trash lineup as a whole so i'm shocked that they canceled fox it was on the network for it yeah for sure uh, if they do do a series i'm sure it'll be on netflix or hbo yeah, Max no, or there's that, yeah, two netflix, seasons. Netflix. oh wow there is okay I think, yeah, yeah like, 31 oh, episodes like, no, I, 
Yeah, I'm like, I know we got a season two had 22 episodes. Oh my god, I know the first <laughs> season didn't have that many, right? Yeah, only nine. Okay, nine. yeah, you know, probably, probably was like a mid-season replacement or something. And then last question, I know JC's answer, so I'm not even gonna ask him. Uh, do you think this is the greatest action film of all time, Elliot? Yeah, 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 I do. I was just thinking, uh, yeah. I'm a big Die Hard fan, but yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I think so. Um. I love Aliens. I think Aliens, Aliens and Die Hard are my kind of my top three. I think those three are pretty much untouchable for me. I'm probably Die Hard. I, I couldn't think of it. If I had to think of a third one at the top of my head, it would probably be The Matrix. The Ma- I was just thinking of Matrix. Yeah. Can, can I be yeah. honest that I think I would put Mad Max Fury Road over The Matrix? Yeah, I would too. I mean, I know, I know you're big. I mean, not me. I know you're big on Mad Max. That was shocking. Yeah, that that would be my five. Those four in the Matrix would probably be my five because I I see a lot of lists that count superhero films, but I just can't. I yeah, they're action oh, films, I, but yeah, I just oh my God. I can't. That would I be an ever- <laughs> wait. You, you what? What do you say, JC? I had a huge argument with my friend because I get it. Like, is this he did the same thing how Leo does? Like, if a movie gets considered like that in IMDb, yes, he was arguing that 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 the Dark Knight is an action movie. I'm like, no, it fucking is. It's a freaking superhero movie. Like, at most, I'll give you. It's a crime drama. It's stuck in a super as a superhero movie, but I'm not gonna give you action movies. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm with you. Like for that, we can call it a heist film too. So I'm not exactly, I'm, I'm right. not gonna do that. The movie has some action scenes, it's not make it an action movie. Sorry. Ex- exactly. So yeah, we're all in the same boat. Terminator Two, the greatest action film of all time, and that wraps up this week's episode of the Cinephile Roundtable. We're actually be back next week as we are actually gonna draft with the release of. The Suicide Squad. We're actually going to do a fun DC draft, and JC's going to have his first draft, so that should be a fun one. Elliot, yeah. as always, thank you. Where can they find you? Yeah, man. As always, it's such a great time talking to you guys about great stuff, especially the greatest uh, action movie and sequel of all time in Terminator T2, celebrating his 30th anniversary. But yeah, guys, you can find me on uh, social media, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, you know, Facebook, and of course YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash moviefiles. And JC, you can find me um look with the movies on Instagram. I do pretty much weekly reviews. I go to movies a lot, so I your any all the new releases. I put reviews on them. A lot of great movie news. Um, some polls in my in my Instagram stories just to get interact with you guys. And also, I do foreign film Fridays, which just I feel like ever since Paris, a lot of people have wanted to do more, watch more more foreign movies. So I like to try to put people on for sure um and you can follow me at real talk inc and just shout out to jc with because he does the lord's work and watches the garbage that ellie and i elliot and i do not watch (laughs) (laughs) so until next week see you at the movies kids